welcome to Jeff Pasito Reads. I'm Jeff Pasito, and this is today's story. Static, Chapter 3 Jared had a car once. If he had a car, that means he must have had a license. It only took us overturning his house twice and three near-chaotic freakouts from big country to find the warped, peeling piece of plastic ident. Some dark marks streaked the front, like smeared remnants of contact cement across the card's amber surface, but nothing that obscured his photo much. And thank God nothing that obfuscated the holographic 3D barcode that occupied two-thirds of the back. Big Country and Jared left me to straighten up the place while they took off to find a car. Jared lived near the outskirts of the city, where the towers topped out at 25 stories and you could still find squat duplexes and triplexes, and even single houses that hadn't fallen victim to the spreading cancer of high-rises. As I slogged through the mess we had made, I contemplated gathering up some of the spilled clothing to shuffle back into his drawers. Moving through the sea of oddities, I realized I really had no idea where Jared was born, where he grew up, or pretty much anything else about him at all. I knew his dad did something in tech, as he let that slide at some point, but I'm guessing it was either something big or something secret, which is how he ended up with this place. I'm sure he inherited the house, because it would be impossible for a job hopper like him to muster up the credit for the taxes alone. The house was a real traditional brick backsplit, at least initially it was, but it had been covered in a coat of vulcanized polymer sometime in the last decade. The frost that found its way into the softer soils this far out must have heaved over a bunch of winters and shifted the bricks, causing the exterior polymer to expand and contract. Of course the coating was designed for this very purpose, to accommodate the fluctuations and inconsistencies of outdated construction methods, but the generous layer of paint covering the rubber surface was not, and so layers of white yellow and pale green train tracks could be seen running at 90 degrees zigzag angles where each seasonal separation had hefted the original mortar joints apart. The crack in peeling paint gave the house character, I guess, if that character was a derelict louse. I flipped over a low-back chair with curved legs, pressing down on the armrests, assuring its rigidity on the flecked linoleum floor. I dug for 20 minutes to find the TV remote. The chair and the remote. Well, the chair, the remote, and the vid screen that filled a quarter of the short wall of his sunken living room. That was enough for me to be comfortable, so I decided that was enough tidying up for now. If Jared wanted his house back in better order than that, he should have stayed back to do it himself. I spent the next two and a half hours aimlessly snapping through channel after channel of half-distorted images. Characters would start walking from one end of the screen to the other, only to have the upper body stretch obscenely across in a rapid jump of flicker rainbow colors while their legs scurried to catch up. With all the buildings around, Jared's dish didn't have a clear line of sight to the broadcasting satellite that hung lazily in geosync somewhere above and towards the south. It was almost exactly two and a half hours to the minute when I heard the unfamiliar sound of a car burble into Jared's driveway, crunching the unused tarmac to life. A rusty squeak followed briskly by a couple of doors swinging on aged hinges stopped my thumbs from flicking the tiny blue button on the remote. One wooden door slammed later and Big Country and Jared towered above the TV, staring down at me like those incessant buildings, occluding my view of what appeared to be a feed from some coastal news broadcast about weather patterns shaping. 
Jared's eyes bugged out of their sunken sockets as they scanned the room, his head swiveling like an owl, widening as they took in the unchanged mess. I could tell he wanted to say something, maybe even yell at me for not doing anything while him and Big Country were off doing whatever it was they had to do. But at the end of his tour, they blinked in defeat, and his slumped shoulders fell even deeper. Big Country stood broad beside him, his furrowed brown and wide eyes attempting to silently command me from my makeshift throne, but the slight hunch to his back had grown over the past day or so, making his power stance somewhat less imposing, less threatening, less commanding. I knew he wouldn't let it go, so I stood anyway, ever the obedient friend, cognizant of the reputations of others. Let's go. I'm not sure if he spoke it, or if I thought he spoke it. Much like everything with Big Country, things just happened around him that fell into the places he needed them to. Or maybe he just walked the path that was laid out before him well enough to make it look like it was placed there just for him. Either way, we were in the car and off before I even realized my feet had carried me there. I had never been in a car before. I mean, yeah, I'd been in those automated travel pods and whatnot, but nothing like a real traditional automobile. Jared was sprawled out across the wide back seat of the car, one leg propped up, wired into his custom Hitachi base unit. The car reeked of pine-scented cleaning products, enough to make your eyes sting, but Jared's synapses were telling him that he didn't smell that at all. They were telling him he was entirely somewhere else, smelling completely something different. The thrill of bouncing around a rusted relic of a bygone era while my olfactory senses were assaulted by synthesized nature had grown old quick, and I threw on my relays as well. Starting up a sleep program, I sunk into the taupe passenger seat as it dissolved into warm sand around me. Seafoam licked lightly at my ankles as the early evening moon pulled the tides out and then let them soothingly crash back into me, rocking me to sleep. Thank you for listening to today's story. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can reach me by email at jeff at pasito.com. That's J-E-F-F at P-A-C-I-T-T-O dot com. On Twitter at jpasitoreads, or visit our website at pasito.com. See you soon. Some additional sound effects for this episode are from zapsplat.com and used under their standard license. All contents of this audio broadcast are copyrighted by Jeff Pasito.